I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. I'm Munish, and as always, I'm joined by Nishant. The Lakers suffered the second consecutive loss, and Nishant is definitely not happy. But uh, today, even the Warriors lost, so kind of frustrated. Not, I wouldn't say unhappy because I wasn't expecting anything better from them, but frustrated <laughs> wow. with the quality of performance. Uh, so yeah. I'd like to use this opportunity to talk about the Warriors because it's been a week since we spoke about the Warriors, and they keep mm-hmm. coming up in a discussion. But today, I really wanted to focus on Kelly Oubre Jr. and how disappointing he's been. Now, yeah. at the start of the season. uh clay thompson got injured unfortunately and that was kind of a that was kind of a shock to the warriors right you were expecting to come back and steph was back and clay was back and you would probably run for the title even but then clay got injured and then you replaced him with this guy called kelly oubre jr i know you're not expecting great things from him not at the level of clay but this is shambolic to say the least because right. he's shooting horrible clay is a catch and shoot legend this guy is shooting 21 mm-hmm. out of his 90 shots have gone from yeah, yeah. gone into the basket i mean it's really embarrassing yeah. what do you think uh, first question let's come to kelly obre jr a little bit later in the show what do you think the warriors realistic expectation should be i know we discussed this multiple times we said that they should they will make the playoffs somehow or the other but i was thinking you can't beat the lakers over a seven game series you can't beat the clippers over a seven game series yes you beat them once yeah you definitely not beating jazz hmm Now Nuggets seem like a possibility given how yeah. horrible their defense is. <laughs> Portland seems a possibility given how the injury prone they are. Yeah. Uh, and anyone else? Yes, the Warriors can actually go to the second round of the playoffs. It's it's a realistic sure. thing despite having a weak team, right? Okay. What I'll should be that. the realistic? What should be the realistic expectations from the season? I think they'll get ahead of themselves if they're planning for the playoffs already. I think I think step one is to make sure you're in the playoffs. Because, because mm-hmm. I don't think that's a guarantee right now with with their form, and and I know we've gone back and forth a bit on on the Warriors and and where we think they might end up. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be topsy turvy for a while, but I think if this team can figure figure this out and maybe make one key personnel move, be that a trade, or be that moving somebody to the bench, bringing in somebody off the bench to be a starter, whatever. They're mm-hmm. they're one decent adjustment away from being. Say a top seven, top six, even team. Uh, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe they can they can get there. Now that should be step one. Step two is who do you face if you finish? I I think that's largely out of their control, so that's not something they should worry about too much. And look at the postseason when they get to it. What is in their control to an extent is is where they do finish and how they play on the court. That should be the focus. So I'd um, their ceiling. we can we can divide endlessly it's probably the first round of the playoffs or the second round of the playoffs if they get to the playoffs cuz right. cuz otherwise that's your ceiling and your fate is sealed mm-hmm. um, I, i think the 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 target right now is the end of season standings are still a step away do okay. they have their lineups figured out do they have their second unit figured out because it it seemed to work for a while once raymond came back where mm-hmm. uh where they they ran a couple of small ball units when wiseman was not on the floor and it worked but mm-hmm. off late if if anyone's been watching their small ball lineup essentially involves um pascal eric pascal playing the five yeah and that's not been working too well they've been they've been butchered of course helped in no small measure by some abysmal shooting the mm-hmm. shooting's really been on and off when they're on it uh, they shoot like nobody else and when they're off they're, they're way off so 
the second unit's not been working a lot of their rotations are still kind of clueless there's still only like two players there that really understand what it means to be a part of the golden state offense the way mm-hmm. steve kerr wants to run it and that's draymond and steph everyone else is still learning james wise james wiseman is learning the game of basketball at the highest level uh, yeah. and and he's been really impressive don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. the the other guys are still having fit issues Kelly Oubre Jr shooting for instance uh, is atrocious has been atrocious in most games is that entirely on him does a career 34% three shooter go down that drastically in a single season like has he lost his mechanics his ability is his mm-hmm. and i coordination that way off i don't think any of those are true i think it's it's more of a case of not fitting in into this offense it's a bit like Kyle Kuzma getting mm-hmm. you 30 40 points in a game when there was nobody else to take the ball away from him and when the offense kind of ran through him versus Kyle Kuzma initially struggling when he had an off the bench role where most of the work he had to do was off ball and that wasn't his game at that point now he's adjusted to an extent this season maybe Kelly Oubre Jr needs to do that so the only question really is do they think he can do that or do they think this is going to be a long term fit issue and they should probably uh, move him a- as a piece and it's the same kind of challenge they're having with Wiggins too Wiggins is on and off again. Uh, on some nights he's great. On some nights he plays the way the team needs to. On, on some nights he takes control of of scoring and and that helps the team. What is it that they need him to do? Do they want him going maverick every now and then, or do they have a strictly defined role for Wiggins and he needs to adapt to it? Is he willing to do it? These questions mm-hmm. will tell you again what to do uh, on that personnel front. So they've got bigger fish to fry even before they look at end of season standings. A lot of that has to do with. Steph Curry is going to be the focus of this offense right so it, it, of ultimately course. it's going to be anyone whose name is not Steph Curry on that team you have one job how do you assist Steph Curry in getting the best out of your offense it's true for a lot of teams with an elite uh, playmaker like that or an elite scorer point guard whatever mm-hmm. now uh, then your next question is how do you get people to fit in and your next question is how do you get people to perform when Steph Curry is not on the floor your secondary unit these need to be addressed these are what they need to solve for mm-hmm. because this year it's not going to be a championship year first of all and in golden state if it's not then it's a building year any year that's not a championship year you're using it to build so how about you get to understand your roster end to end mm-hmm. and steph curry is still very much a part of your long term future so you understand how well this can play around steph how would these guys fit in once clay is back and and start making adjustments from now so you know what to do now over the course of the season and in the off season because what you're really doing whatever is your standing this year wherever you go in the playoffs this year is figuring out how to get back to championship winning form next year right i think if i was steve go that's how i'd look at it mm-hmm. uh if you've been watching the games i think uh, kelly obre has been kind of uh, i'm coming back to kelly obre he's been yeah. kind of uh mysterious right when he plays with steph and as part of the first unit he's disappointing but when he's like like you said when he's the leader of the offense and when steph is down he actually has been impressive and he's kind of the leader of that second unit and he's been doing well now does starting him every game does he warrant a place in the starting lineup every game after like what we are now 19 games into the season and it's like 25% of the season and he's not done much right i mean you have other players of the bench that you can get and like i've seen Bazemore play he gets those 10 12 minutes and he's impressive he gives you yeah. the same hustle that uh, Kelly Oubre gives you he's more efficient than Kelly Oubre mm. so why not just uh, downgrade Kelly Oubre to the bench and bring in Bazemore do you think that'll work 
I no, I'm not very sure that will because I don't think uh, Bazemore has the defensive awareness that that Kelly Oubre brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, it's it's one thing to have 15 minutes a game, <clears throat> come in as an impact player and and add some value versus starting. Uh, you might as well find out that Bazemore is just as ineffective as Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, I I think half the reason why he gets so much stick. Mm-hmm. is because he fearlessly attempts shots every match sure. even when they're not going in now unfortunately for him that tide doesn't seem to turn it just gets worse and worse the numbers every every week somewhere i'm looking at steve kerr in all this because he's he's taking shots that sometimes he shouldn't be taking and maybe that's a mentality issue that he should be talking through but also he's not being put in positions where um he can make the most of the uh, short opportunities so either figure out how you're going to run plays for kelly obre mm-hmm. or get him to stop shooting so much cuz right now it doesn't it's not working out it's almost like he's decided he's going to get so many shots up every game no matter what mhm barring steph curry he's shooting as much as anyone else on that team the usage rate right. is high right so either you figure out how to get get him in the best possible positions or you figure out how he's not going to take so many shots just put a plug on it so i yeah. i don't think they're really optimizing for kelly obre i think they're still lost in optimizing for steph curry that's a big part of the problem and if it's a problem that they don't want to solve then i'm afraid mm-hmm. he's he's on the trading block then and the, and the rumors are true now so far the only thing we know about the rumors is that there was contact made asking about kelly obre junior's availability no confirmation of anything that the warriors mm-hmm. are willing to trade him but maybe there's more truth to that rumor than we know if they feel this is a long term fit issue yeah i was coming to the uh, rumors yeah. now and if you try and put two and two together now the new orleans pelicans have made lonzo ball and jj redick kind of available for trade discussions right mm. and if you try and put two and two together do you think kelly ubre fits into that lineup and will the warriors actually benefit with either of these players like redick is a sharp shooter he's he's good on his day and he can get you those three pointers which kelly ubre has not but he's kind of a defensive liability so you lose that now with lonzo it's a little more different he doesn't have a shot at all but he can he can handle the ball well he can give steph good looks and yeah. that will probably increase steph's efficiency of shooting not that he needs any improvement but he'll get better looks is what i'm trying to say right now do you think either of these players coming into the warriors setup would be a good addition or they're better off with kelly oubre I I don't think the better of it Kelly Oubre I think that's that's a good place to start this discussion. Mm-hmm. If they want to move Andrew Wiggins to the 3 mm-hmm. um and and bring in Lonzo mm-hmm. and also add Redick to the to the piece to the to the pie. Let's let's look at this from a contract perspective first. They have the highest wage bill in basketball if not yeah. one of the highest. they pay the highest luxury tax bill in basketball if not one of the highest and depends on a couple of moves that are pending to be made from other teams mm-hmm. but they they pay obscene amounts of money in luxury tax and that's that's partly because i, I think just their starting five if you include clay and you uh move out wiseman just their mm-hmm. big five in terms of salaries mm-hmm. just that alone eclipses the luxury tax soft yeah. cap it's it's insane what they're paying right now Now Kelly Oubre in the midst of all this is probably the easiest piece to move in that whole mm-hmm. salary cap situation. Mhm. 
um, he makes less money than only four other players. The predictable four: Wiggins, Green, Draymond, uh, Wiggins, Draymond, Clay, and Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still makes fourteen million, which is a lot. A, B, for the output that they're getting, that just got magnified. It's a whole lot of money. So he is tradable. He's not one of those. Uh, it's it's lucrative because it's high value, low low um, salary or high value, high salary. He's neither of those. And there seems to be a fit fit issue. I I don't think he fits in this. Uh, the Golden State offense is largely based on what two two main principles: strong off the ball movement, a lot of cutting and slashing, and instinct based playmaking. You make quick passes. You make the right pass. Find the slasher. Find the open guy. Take a shot if it's open, or make the extra pass. This is largely the oversimplified one-liner of their offense. Yep. I don't think Kelly Oubre Jr. fits into that. He's not. He's not particularly strong in moving off the ball, mm-hmm. uh, setting up plays or creating opportunities with his movement. And he's not. Forget instinctive passer. He's no kind of passer. He's averaged right. what an assist a game for his entire career. Yep. He's a horse with blinders on sometimes the way he plays with that mad hustle speed. So I the, for me it's a fit issue. In in which case if you have the opportunity to bring in Redick and Lonzo for this season, I say go for it. For next season, they have a problem is Lonzo going to come off the bench because there's no way he's in the backcourt if Clay is fit. But yeah. luckily for them, doesn't Lonzo's contract expire at the end of this year? Yep. So it's not a long-term commitment. Um they flip Kelly Oubre Who I don't I don't think they were looking to keep long term anyway. They get to flip yeah, Kelly Oubre. His yeah. contract expires at the end of season as well. Right. So they get to flip him. It's a it's a trade for Lonzo who who adds two things to their backcourt. One, though it takes the ball out of Steph's hands, which I'm not a big fan of. Mm-hmm. It gives them so much more dynamism to their offense and gives their second unit a lot of life because you've got a good playmaker on the court. Mm-hmm. Lonzo can score it. He's an underrated scorer. He's moved up in scoring. The second half of last season was really interesting to see. He's not mm-hmm. the kind of shooter that Golden State wants, but he can score. Then he's a much better defender than most of these young players. Any player yeah. less than four seasons in the league, he's actually one of the most underrated defenders around. So he adds mm-hmm. a lot on that end of the floor. I really like that fit if it's just for this season, and I love Redick coming off of the bench to give them uh, much more short sharp shooting capabilities because. If anyone's paid attention to the numbers, and the Golden State have had numbers all over the place, they've had blowout wins, they've had blowout defeats, and hardly anything in between. And a lot of those wins, as you pointed out uh, earlier, were they came back from major deficits, so they may yep. may as well have ended up in blowout defeats too. And yep. I think I know why this happens. There's an interesting stat reported by the Athletic that in the games that they win, the Golden mm-hmm. State Warriors are shooting 41% from three. And in all the games that they've lost, one of the common uh, data points is that they've shot twenty-eight percent from three on average. Okay. That that really tells you the the whole story. When they shoot well, they shoot well, and they win big. Mm-hmm. They don't shoot well. That's pretty much most of their offense, and that's the deficit, and that's where they lose. Plugging that by removing probably their worst shooter right now in Kelly Oubre. He shot for he shot one for eleven uh, yep. in against Phoenix. I mean. including over for 5 from from 3 like yeah. andrew wiggins and steph curry shot 8 threes on 50% shooting and the team still ended up with was it 28% overall yep, uh, yep. from 3 um, so so they get to flip out kelly ubre to bring in one off the bench sharp shooter who's elite still at knocking mm-hmm. down threes if you create open shots and this mm-hmm. is one of the best teams at creating open shots especially now yep. 
when not only is Steph Curry on the floor with Draymond, but then you've added a pretty high-level playmaker in Lonzo who can also defend and lead your secondary unit. I think it solves multiple problems. I actually like this trade. It's it's one of the most mainstream trade rumors being discussed, but I actually mm-hmm. like this trade. I think they should go ahead and make it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like I like the personality that JJ Redick brings in as well. He kind of fits into the Warriors culture, doesn't he? Yeah. And then if he if he can if he can shoot the three as well as he does, he's I know he's been down this season. He's shooting around thirty percent, but you know over the over a period of time that that's got to improve given his experience and the volume of threes that he takes. So yeah, with the experience of the Golden State Warriors in a being a team that's entirely built on the three point shot, and mm-hmm. and just the way the whole offense is set up is. Uh, you either find the slasher who gets into a great position to shoot or you make the extra pass to an open man uh, as a result of said slasher drawing away a defender. In both places put Redick in, in good positions to shoot on the perimeter. Uh, he, he, he'll get, what, four or five shots a game easy off the bench. Uh, you mm-hmm. trust him to knock down two of those at least over, over a period of time. 40%, that's good enough out, uh, output from him. Also, an underrated aspect of his game uh, he's an amazing role model, a thorough professional who's been excellent at every level of the game. College, champion, you know, NBA, flawless record in the playoffs until the Pelicans screwed that up, uh, of getting to the playoffs at least. He's a great veteran to have um, to mentor the younger players on that squad. Could be Pascal, could be Wiseman. I think he's a great mentor to have. That's a side of him that's that's quite underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got a good pod- podcast host also. Uh, not... <laughs> Steve Kerr has his one as well. So, yeah, there'll be a podcast mania in the Golden State. Mm. Then. <laughs> All right, then. So, that was the Warriors. Uh, we'll keep our yeah. eyes on them. I think uh, we'll hear... Uh, these rumors are going to get louder as Ubre gets more disappointing and disappointing, which I hope for him not. Yeah. But uh, we'll keep our eyes on that. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, Sanzu, he's not a bad player. I just hope he finds of a course. good fit soon. He's been traded around quite a lot now. Yeah. All right. Cheers, man. Bye. Bye. Thank you.